our unison reading. Psalm 138. I'm going to read it, and then we'll have a brief time of meditation. Psalm 138 of David. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple. I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of your enemies. And your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The content of the placement of Psalm 138 is strategically placed right after the content of 137. 137 is a very hard psalm if you don't really understand it. Psalm 137 tells us of the temple in Jerusalem and how it's being destroyed, how the, how the agents of the false gods have besieged and taken the holy city. How the people of God had been carried into exile. How the, how the bitter affliction and, and really the hopelessness of the situation. It's a hard psalm, but, but then in light of that, I want you to look at the superscription of 138. Two words. Of David. What we get at the end of 137 if you, to, if you were to think and meditate on it, is, is the hope for the future Messiah. And right after 137 is this string of eight psalms of David, from 138 to 145. And, and the movement goes something like this. This should help you. We are in exile in Babylon and, and blessed is the one who is coming to, to rise up and to bring God's kingdom into being. And here comes these Psalms of David. The implication being that the future king from David's line is the one that we are hoping for. The one that will bring forth God's kingdom. Now David as a prophet will speak as if this has already taken place. It's truly remarkable. Note with me verse 1. David prays, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods. These are the false gods. These are the idols of Babylon. Think about it this way. Before the gods, I sing 
your praise. He, he's saying before the false gods of the Babylonians, they thought that they had triumphed over Yahweh. That they had won. And he's saying before the gods, I sing your praise. And then in verse 2, it's like David is back in Jerusalem. He says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Now, the, the mention of God's name here should sound very familiar to us. Exodus 34, 6 really is what it, it brings to my mind. As you know, Moses asked God in Exodus 33, 18, he says this, he goes, Lord, show me your glory. And what was the Lord's response? The, the Lord said, look, I, I'm going to cause my goodness to pass before you. I will proclaim my name before you. And in light of this, Exodus 34, 6 says this. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And look again at verse 2, and you can see, the similarity, I bow down to your holy temple and give thanks to your name, your name, your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And listen to this, this last phrase of two says this, for you have exalted above all things, two things, your name and your word, God's name, that is his reputation, his character. These things matter a great deal to him, but this may come to you as a surprise. In our translations, it, 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 you don't get the gravity of it. As much as his name matters, his word matters just as much, listen to me, if not more. That his word matters just as much, if not more. For it is God's word that teaches us about his name. His word declares his character. His word declares his nature and his work. The work of God, excuse me, the word of God is instrumental in us understanding who, we, who he is who we are and what we are to believe about God and ourselves. And so we get David's praise, this prayer and praise in verse 1 and the last part of verse 2. And then as we see, we get this contemplation then of God's character, His name and His word in the second part of verse 2. And that takes us to verse 3. Wow, this time. I am going to do this quickly. David says this in verse 3, On the day I called you, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. Brothers and sisters, what he's saying is, Hey, I was humble. I was humble in my point of need. And I cried out to you. And you answered me. You strengthened my soul. If you are here this morning, and you're thinking to yourself, and we, we've all had this fight where we, we, would, we admit I don't know how to fight my sin. 
I'm no good at overcoming my temptations. You should cry out to the Lord. It is His Word. It is proclaimed Word that will strengthen your soul. It will help you in times of sin and temptation. Note verse 4. This is a remarkable verse. All of the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the word, or we say it is the words of your mouth. Now this is a contrast. The phrase, all the kings of the earth, should sound familiar, doesn't it? Way back in Psalm 2, all the kings of the earth were setting themselves up against Yahweh and the Anointed One. But here, what are they doing? It says, all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. What a prophecy of David. In his day, it was one king, one king in Israel that sang the praises of the Lord. But David looks forward to the day when all around the world, kings will sing the praises of our God. This is David's prophecy, brothers and sisters, of the Great Commission. It is his anticipation of a day when the word of God will begin to reach out around the world. Where kings and common people like us will hear God's word and bleed God's word and give thanks to God's word and sing God's word. It's what we do every Lord's Day. Brothers and sisters, we're living in a day where David's word is currently being fulfilled. And we can say it this way. The Lord has done it. The Lord has done it. We will hear that also at the last trump when all the saints of God are gathered together. The Lord has done it. And so the Lord helps David in verse 3. And the Lord converts the elect kings in verses 4 and 5. We've had his character... That we saw at the end of verse 2. But look at his character once again. Another aspect of his character is in verse 6. It says, for though the Lord is high. That's his transcendence. For the Lord is high. He regards the lowly. But the haughty. He knows from afar. The Lord regards the humble. That cry out to him for help. The Lord regards those formerly self-important, exalted kings and common people who realize that they are about to be crushed with a rod of iron by the Lord's anointed. And what do they do? They respond and they make themselves low. The point is if that you will turn to Him in humility, He will help you. He will regard you. Now note, what else it says? But the haughty, that's the prideful. The haughty, he knows from afar. It's like he keeps himself distant from the proud. This is the Old Testament version of James 4, 6, isn't it? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He regards the lowly, but the haughty, he keeps from afar, he keeps at a distance. Well, look at the first part of verse 7 with me. As you do, I want you to think at, of David's confidence and faith in the Lord. And what you'll hear, and I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but think of Psalm 23 when you hear this. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. 
the health and wealth and prosperity preachers, brothers and sisters, are such liars. You see, this is where you and I walk most of the time of our lives, on this side of heaven. A life of trouble. A life of difficulty. A life of struggle. You see, David is saying here, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me alive, Lord. You preserve me. And that's another way that David said it in verse 3. It's just he's saying it again in another way. He said, verse 3, on the day I called you, answered me, my strength of soul you increased. I was walking in trouble and he's saying, Lord, you kept me safe. And then he goes on in verse 7. He says, you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand. I'm going to say that again. And your right hand delivers me. This recalls declaration, these declarations from David all throughout the Psalms. Think just quickly, Psalm 16, Psalm 110.1, where, where the Father, where Yahweh says to the anointed, would what? Sit at my right hand. Now listen to verse 8, in light of the Lord placing His anointed at His right hand. In verse 8 it says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. He's making this remarkable declaration. Think about the promise of God that God made with David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. This this covenant with David. God is going to fulfill his purpose in me. This is what David is saying. He's going to keep me alive as long as I'm supposed to be alive. He's going to raise up from me a descendant after me. And we know who this is. This is Jesus Christ. He will fulfill his purpose through and in Christ. And then he says this. Your steadfast love endures forever. The line of descent from David to Christ, brothers and sisters, was never cut off. You can go to Matthew chapter 1 and see that. The line of descent was never cut off. Where are we to get our strength? From the character of Christ and his word. And he closes off this psalm and we'll be done. We'll transition to time of prayer. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Maybe this reminds you of Psalm 8. In Psalm 8 he says, when you look at the work of your fingers, the work of your hands, this is the work of creation. This is the redemptive work of the sovereign God in redemptive history. It's a prayer. It's a prayer not to forsake the work of the one that will come from the line of David. This is a beautiful declaration for us this morning from David that that culminates in Christ saving his people and the people being delivered. Listen to me. In times of trouble, he will sustain you. He will sustain you. And that's why we come every Lord's Day to be sustained by the means of grace. The Word proclaimed and preached and read and sang. May we take comfort in that this morning.